questions that don't have clear answers. Issues that can't be resolved through logical analysis and moments in our lives that can't be engaged with and understood on one's own. Welcome to Ajar, an experiment in collaborative meaning making with author and professor Joan Ball, strategist Rebecca Taylor, and artist and educator A.M. Bott. This monthly podcast follows weekly Substack articles, one from each member of Ajar, on a topic that is at once timeless and, given where we are in the world, of immediate concern. Okay, so here, here's the question I have to uh, start us off um, this month. Uh, what is your legacy? So when you, uh, and, you know, we could take that a couple of ways. Like, what would you have your legacy be, um, you know, given that there's still life to live? Um, and then what would your legacy be if, if, if you cut out right now? I, I don't think about legacy. Um, I'm here while I'm here. And when I'm gone, I don't really expect to have a legacy. I don't expect to be remembered. Not long past, you know, anyone who knew me dying. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, I hope that the unacknowledged legacy, the felt legacy, if we think about our imprint on the earth, will have been a positive one, that I will have added more value than I took. But I, I don't think about legacy in terms of remembrance or something lasting hmm. that I will have left here. I don't think about legacy either. I wouldn't think about it unless the question was posed. Um I definitely don't think about any kind of structured creation of a legacy uh, with purpose. That, uh, it, it, and nor would that inspire me in any way. Um, I think it would be a distraction for me if I started to think about legacy. Um, that said, with the, with the question posed, um, I know that I've thought a lot about my own death um, and what would be behind if and when, well, obviously there's a when, but if I died imminently, you know, if I died in, in current state. Uh, and I think that for me, that's a, a reflection of certainly something I thought about a lot when I was a single parent right? This idea of if I died right now, what would be left behind in terms of care for my children? And I think a lot in terms of if I died right now, structurally for my family, what, you know, how would, how would my husband and my mother-in-law and my children uh, fare with me gone? Uh, but I don't think that's legacy. It's almost more strategic for me in some kind of a way. Um, this question's making me think about uh, an experience that I had in my own kind of spiritual development uh, many years ago, probably a decade or a little bit more ago when I was doing some different kind of work than I'm doing now. And it was, uh, I was writing about spiritual journey kind of things, personal, you know, writing a memoir and things. 
And um, I remember in a reflective time um, being posed with a question in my own reflection, uh, would I continue to do that which I was doing at the time if there was no impact uh, of the work until I was 100 years dead? And it was less about legacy, I think, than was I being motivated by some kind of an outcome (laughs) in my life. Uh, And at that time, when I contemplated that question, it was quite clear to me that indeed I would continue what I was doing if there was no um, discernible impact of my work until I was 100 years dead. And so I think that legacy for me is a question mark. Maybe there'll be a legacy. Maybe there won't be a legacy um, in the traditional sense of thinking about legacy. Uh, but, but in some ways, like you, Rebecca, I kind of not that I don't care, but I kind of don't care. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, this, 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 you know, in part is a definitional issue, I'm sure. But, um, and for me, it's very much connected to our conversation about self. Uh, I am, I won't, you know, I'll say, I'll say it for a fact, uh, but I don't mean it literally, but I'm constantly thinking about legacy, um, but legacy for me means something um, uh, specific, um, as words tend to. Uh, legacy for me is is um, how much new space did I open up in the time I had, um, and you know how much implies a quantity, you know, and I don't mean it like literally in a quantity sense, but the the nature, the quality, and you know quantity in a certain way of new space that got opened up in the world as a, a, a byproduct of uh, my being here. Um, and so when I, you know, if I, if I, you know, if I get hit by a bus today, um, I feel pretty good about my legacy. I feel, you know, uh, pretty good about the number of things that got opened up that don't have my name on them, that don't need to have my time. I'm, I'm, you know, we talk in my community about, you know, writing with invisible ink leads your life in a way that you're writing with invisible ink. You are writing, you are committed, like writing metaphorically. But the, the writing is invisible ink, you know, um, that eventually your hand disappears. Um, but the book is opened, you know. And so, um, you know, for me, it's another sort of manifestation of this society where it kind of has to be about, you know, me um, when we think about these things. And, and I find it more useful to think about... Um, Again, the 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 um, I don't have a better word for it than possibility. The the kind of new possibilities that got opened up um, uh, with individuals, like I didn't open them up, but as a consequence of whatever it is I was quote unquote writing, um, new possibilities got opened up for them, new ways of being in the world, or new whatever, right? Like like that to me is what legacy is. Is by virtue of my being here. Um, not what happened, but what space was created in which things could happen that belong to others. Right. And so I get very interested in legacy. Um, and it's part of, you know, the conversation we had last night, like what, what's, what's, what's driving this, right? I'm at a, at a certain cadence point. I've had two of these previously in my life. One of them, you know, kind of resulted in the MAOL work. The other resulted in the triple soy latte work. And, um, you know, there's a sort of moment in time right now where there's another significant legacy opportunity. Again, not legacy in the sense of, you know, your name on something that's there for a thousand years, 
but a um, kind of large structural opportunity to open up a massive amount of space for people I likely will never meet, you know. It's interesting to listen to you talk about it because I, um, it, it points to a way that I think about this that sounds like it's different in terms of, I think I view myself as less consequential than that. I don't believe that the space that I open up wouldn't be opened up if I were not here. And so I do the, the work that I do or I engage with the people that I do and I am in the spaces that I am. And I believe if I got a hit, hit by a bus and those things were meant to happen, they would happen with or without me. So I think it's, um, I don't, I really don't think about legacy. I don't, I don't um, think that my work matters that much in a funny way. I do it. I'm committed to it. Um, and there may be a wisdom beyond my own that it contributes to. But I am definitely not constantly thinking about legacy. And if I felt uh, drawn to no longer do the work that I do, I would not do it. I, I really live my life in a way that I'm constantly listening for what I am, uh, what I discern that I am meant to do in the moment. Mm. And, um, Right now, that points to a particular set of, of, of um, frameworks and, and, and principles and space creating that I am feeling that I'm compelled to do uh, on behalf of people who are at transition. But if I woke up tomorrow morning and felt that I was no longer supposed to do that, I would stop, and that would be the end of it, and um, I wouldn't. Uh, if I were still alive, then I wouldn't view what had been done in the space that had been opened as my legacy. I would just view it as that which I had done. So I don't tie legacy to it. Um, I don't really think about it at all. So if if we hadn't opened the clubhouse, uh, the, the Ajar uh, room uh, community, and whatever, you know, modest uh, 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 experience people had not because of us, but because that space was there and they could explore themselves. If we hadn't done it, it still would have just happened from, from your perspective. If it was meant to happen, yes. But, but okay. Yeah, I, I believe what that. What if we were the vehicles of, what, uh, of, of it being meant to happen? That. What are the vehicles? No, no. I said, what if we are we were the vehicles for it? It was meant to happen. But we were the vehicles for it. Well, exactly. But I don't that that. So that, then, then if we didn't do it though, then 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 you know, like the bus would have been missed. Oh, see, but I believe <laughs> that people often miss their buses, mm. right? So I think there are a lot of things that are meant to happen in the world that people are invited into, um, invited to participate in that they don't, right? A, a call that comes that is unanswered and that those 
that are meant to happen, then others might get that call and answer them and that those things that are meant to happen uh, do coalesce with or without uh, our participation. So would it have happened? Would it have been called a jar? Would it have been on Thursday afternoons? Mm. No, probably not. But if there was a larger service to a group of people that was meant to coalesce around a certain set of uh, engagements with one another, I don't think I'm that consequential. I think I answer my call to the best of my ability. And if I don't, I won't leave a hole. <laughs> that hole will be filled yeah. by... So that's how I view yeah. it. Yeah. So, but I, I, nothing in what I said implied a negative, right? Like if, if, if I didn't do it, you know, nobody else. No, no, no. I don't hear a negative. I'm just saying, I just don't think I'm that important uh, to it. And so mm -hmm. I don't think that us doing a jar created something that wouldn't or couldn't have been um, mm. coalesced without us. Yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm with the um, not that important part of it. Um, Maybe what I'd add to the legacy piece, you know, uh, uh, how much space was left behind as a result of the work and how many calls did I have the courage to pick up the phone on? You know, I think I think I think I, I would consider that legacy as well, because uh, I, I, I could absolutely get with you on, on you know, um, it, it ain't relying on me. Right. That there are other expressions of the work, if it is the time and the need and the, you know. The, the 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 thing just seems to happen right um but my sort of approach to life and it's not the right way but it is um you know i'm sort of in tune with the phone and if it rings i'm picking it up and if it's like i don't want to do it that's okay the thing called and you know i'm, I'm doing it um and almost always it leads to um, always actually when it's the phone ringing, it leads to what I would consider legacy, right? Like space gets opened up that isn't about me. Uh, maybe for a period of time it is, and that's an inconvenience, <laughs> you know, it takes away from my, uh, my dive bar time. Um, but inherently it's about, it's about opening up space that, that, you know, wasn't, that wasn't there previously. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely believe in picking up the phone. I, I, I spend a lot of time, um, honing in on my listening skills to recognize when the phone is ringing and to decipher the message that's coming through. That to me is my biggest task in the bigger and smaller picture, you know, both um, as a way of being in the world um, kind of philosophically, but then also day to day in practice. Um, cause there's a lot of noise out there that drowns out the, both the ringing and the message that comes through. Um, so for me, that is the biggest task we have here on earth. Um, and what that leaves behind, I don't think I can begin to know, um, cause I don't understand that larger plan. So to use your language, language, I definitely hope that I have, you know, opened up space if that's what I was being called to do. But I think it's also 
possible that I was being called to do other things in the process well beyond that, that I'll never understand. Mm. Um, so I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about specifics in that, mm. in that way of whether or not I've opened up space or even done good. Um, because I often think sometimes our mistakes are purposeful and can lead to other things. And so I, I really don't think about it much beyond each call and feeling like I have have answered the phone. I fully understand thinking about it in the broader way, and I, I think it's beautiful the way you think about it. I think opening up space is a really beautiful thing. Uh, and knowing you, it does feel like that seems to be one of your callings um, and that you you do that very well. But I also would venture that you are doing much, much more than that, that you don't even know, um, that we are all hopefully doing doing even more than we know or think we're doing because I really believe there's something much bigger than what we understand and can hope to understand. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that all fits for me. And um, yeah, I think there are obviously like, like all this stuff, right? Uh, many different interpretations on, you know, what the hell is legacy. Um, so I was going to ask, what's the legacy of a jar? But, but, but since neither of you care about legacy, <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good question. Well, I think if we use the mm. conventional idea of legacy, yeah. not the way you've defined it, there probably is no legacy of a jar. But if we use your more specific definition, I think we we did open up space. And it would be my hope that the type of thinking that was happening in that room, the type of interrogating, um, the like very practice-driven philosophy conversations that we were having um, would carry on for people. Uh, you know, for, for each of us in terms of, you know, what we take away from the experience, it definitely had a lasting impact on me. Um, our conversations in general, um, well beyond actually the official ajar, uh, have impacted me. And impact the way I think in a in a positive way. I hope. Um, so there is there's definitely legacy there uh, within me using your definition in terms of space having been opened up, um, and new new thoughts and ideas being challenged and sparked. I would say that this part of the question points further to my um, ambivalence about legacy mm -hmm. generally in both conceptualizations of it, mm -hmm. both both as opening of space and and about, you know, the more traditional notion of what you leave behind, let's say. Um, and I think it points to a larger um, sense of the way that I approach the world, the way my mind works, et cetera, because everything is um, almost like a found object mm. art piece. <laughs> and I think that the bulk of my time, my activities, my, you know, whether it's the mundane or the, you know, thoughtful, whatever it is, always just feels like this, um, you know, something I found on the road that I'm 
putting into space because I'm there's something being made here. And if I put too much attention on what this what piece this part plays, I, I'm limiting what will be this larger <laughs> art mm. piece that I'm making. So it's oh, I just there's a there's a pipe. Oh, that pipe is interesting. And I don't know if it's going to make part of a of a of a structure or if it's going to be something abstract I don't know but I'm going to I'm going to take it I'm going to put it in the portfolio or in the constellation of things uh, and then the interpretation of how they come together if they come together whether they come together and whether or not I'm the one bringing them together I suspend fully so I have no idea what the legacy of a jar could or would be. And I have no idea what the time horizon would be mm -hmm. on interpreting that. And so I, um, it's, I think, uh, more available to me to think about that in the present of it, in the seven-month present of it, it has been some very interesting um, conversations. It's uh, certainly made me closer to the two of you in terms of the proximity that has brought me in. So there are a lot of aspects of it that I think um, have been worthwhile time spent. But as far as what I think the legacy of it, that's like a big TBD for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm realizing I asked the question like, out of alignment with, with, with how I hold legacy. Like I, and I, and I forced to maybe enough, like, you know, what is the legacy is actually out of alignment with how I hold legacy. It's more, is there legacy from a jar is I think what I'm more meant to ask. Right. Um, so, so apologies for that. Yeah. Cause what sort of implies now there's a thing and there's a, you know, a time frame and a, you know, an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, metrics and formulas. Yeah. 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 Fair. So we're taking a, a um, we don't know what we're taking. We're taking a pause, an intermission, a recalibration, a, a uh, possibly an end. We don't, we don't know. Um, what we do know is that uh, for, for October, November, December, we're not producing anything, uh, at least under the Ajar umbrella. Um, and, you know, stay in conversation in person and, and virtually. Um, and then see what it feels like in January, you know. And um, as I alluded to earlier, uh, for for the for the six people that are listening, um, hi Hala, um, <laughs> um, Jane and Anne. We'll, Jane, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, shout yeah, you, we'll you, you out, Jane yeah, and yeah, Anne. Yeah. Um, and Shashank, you're not listening, but but when you tell me that you did listen, uh, I'm going to ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's 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 put a little question in for yeah, Shashank yeah, 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 yeah. to answer That's so right. that he can. Right. Yeah. Um, no, as I mentioned earlier, uh, um, you know, I get I get I'm just at a certain point where there's a lot of um, opportunity, not in the sense of business, um, but in terms of what I'm conceived of as, as legacy. It's what prompted the kind of question, um, an opportunity to consolidate some things and put something out there that. Um, might open up a lot of space. And so, so that's part of it. And then, and then you guys can speak to, you know, whatever else, but, but the net is that we are something, you know, pausing or something for October, November, December, at least the public facing part of it. I think I'd just like to add into this that I, 
I like that we're doing this, not necessarily because I like that we're pausing. I, I think it's it's um, a proper necessity and fully supportive. But I also think that it models something that's very important to me in the work that I do in the world, which is that we can be highly committed to something. We can be... Um, we can make time and make space for something that we are highly committed to and that we can also pause it mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to make space for other things. And I think often uh, we don't do that, yep. right? We've made the commitment and whether it would, what would people think or um, would it, what would people think of me and my level of commitment or all of the other kinds of human things that we can do when sometimes the circumstances um, and the larger picture, this question of legacy, right? The larger picture uh, invites us to do some zigzagging. Mm -hmm. And I think in a culture that um, favors straight lines, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, et cetera, there's something quite beautiful and very ajar-like about the pause. Yep. So the more I reflected on it and am reflecting on it, I, I think that there's something quite lovely about the fact that ajar has uh, evolved this way, with the whether it's the end, whether it's an intermission, whether it's a pause. There's something quite interesting about the interruption. Mm-hmm. There's, 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 it's a speed bump. It's an interruption, and and I like it. Yeah, I like what you just said about it being a jar-like, and you know, I think we say often in the clubhouse room, like, this isn't awkward silence. You know, this is this is uh, important silence, and I think that's how I'm going to view this next period as um, reflective important silence for listening for each of us individually and and for us collectively to to listen um i think so often we get into to take us back to a conversation we had months ago routine and um if that routine led us to lose the ritual of what a jar has been and is for me now i think that would be a Tragedy is too strong of a word, but um, that would be unfortunate because it has been sacred space for me. Um, these meetings, us, our our time here uh, together in New Haven, our dinners, uh, the writing space that it has opened up for me, um, and then hearing how people receive the information, uh, that has all been really much more powerful than I expected it to be. And so if we were to continue just to continue and say that petered out or that changed or it became something different uh, in a negative way, that would be unfortunate. So I would rather us either end here with this having been really beautiful, um, pause and come back with renewed interest in the same, pause, but come back with something completely different, but equally nourishing for us all individually and collectively than to turn this beautiful ritual into a routine. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, uh, um, 
again, tend to be redundant on things, but you know, my bias is sort of relationship and commitment versus transaction and outcome, right? And so, um, yeah, doing it just to do it becomes like, okay, yeah, this is the transactions I set up for and we owe an article every month and we owe a podcast and it's just no juice in that, right? Um, and so, um, yeah, I, you know, the commitment to the relationship is still there clearly, right? Um, and the transaction is getting put on hold, um, and then we'll see. I, I love I, I, I love the reference to to the um, the silences in the room because that that is what it is. It's like a three months of sort of silence, just pausing, seeing what's there. Yeah. Liminal space, bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's mainly just just you know ninety days to figure out a strategy for, you know, how do we get Shashank to actually listen. And, and and maybe even Maceo occasionally. I mean, I don't know. That's the last word. That's the last <laughs> word. That's, neither of them will ever hear the last word, but that's the last word. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. I think it, you know, listen, I, I, I think it is, you know, we're joking about you know, some names there, but I, I do, if this happens to be the last one, right? Um, I think it is worthwhile, you know, kind of more uh, uh, documented. Uh, we don't record our rooms, but documented. I think, I think, you know, we all feel um, the kind of level of, I mean, I want, there's like one thing on the, on the kind of cheerleading side, right? The level of support and all that has been fabulous, but, but, but more importantly, um, the kind of level of genuine, um, openness and vulnerability and, and commitment to being part of the experiment. You know, we said from the beginning, it was sort of a, a, an experiment in collaborative meaning making, right? And uh, folks didn't show up there casually. They don't show up there casually this next month. You know, uh, I don't expect they're going to show up there casually. And whatever the topic is, uh, it is it is quite remarkable that uh, folks, you know, are, are um, with strangers, right? <laughs> like with, I mean, with people you've never met in person, um, uh, showing up consistently and in a way that is, you know, authentic to, to how we're engaging, or at least how we're, you know, committed to engaging. Yeah, I think it's just worth acknowledging that. Agreed for sure. Absolutely. I think that, that to me is probably the, was the biggest variable we didn't know coming into this, you know, how, how people would engage in the community, if there would be a community around it. I mean, we know we have community within the three of us. Um, and we, I think, all felt confident everyone would bring quality thoughts and work to the table. But then what happens when you put that into a room? As you said, with a bunch of strangers, you don't know. Um, and, you know, I think I have been beyond impressed and and grateful for the engagement of the community and the quality of that engagement um the places they're willing to go you know um from our regulars like like Hala like um Suzanne who who joins us almost every week Lacey and Lacey, Lacey yeah. uh, Yidi, Yidi despite at time differences two in the morning yeah and, Sean yeah. um you know Victoria who pops in when she can yeah. um Osaka DRC, who's still <laughs> never been on stage, but has been there almost, I, I think, every single uh, month or every single week, rather. Yeah. Yep. 
Absolutely. The, the listeners in the room. Yeah, the mystery Especially members the of the community. Especially the ones whose names we, don't, we yeah. don't actually even know. I'm grateful for all of them, too. As, yeah. as you always say, that is as essential as everyone who speaks, if not more. Thank you for spending some time with us in this conversation. If you have any comments on what you've heard, we'd love to hear from you. The best way to do that is on Clubhouse. We run a live social audio conversation on Thursdays at noon Eastern time. Visit us at ajar.substack.com for a link to that Clubhouse room, as well as all of the Ajar articles and information on upcoming events. The Ajar podcast is produced by Martin Ball with music by Matthew Politowski.